Hey friends, this is Andy Storch, and I'm excited to announce that we are bringing the Talent Development Think Tank Conference back on February 22nd and 23rd in Sonoma, California. Yes, you might remember we hosted this conference for the first time in January 2020, and it was a huge hit with everyone telling us it was the best conference they ever attended. And of course, we were looking forward to running it again in 2021 until the pandemic hit. That's when I launched the Talent Development Think Tank membership community, and that's been going strong since May of 2020. But I know how valuable it is to get people together in person, and that's why we are excited to be bringing the conference back again on February 22nd and 23rd in Sonoma, California. I'm committed to making this a highly engaging and interactive event where you can connect, learn, and grow together with other talent development professionals. This is going to be the best event out there in talent development, and I would love to see you there. If you want to find more information and get your tickets today, the website is tdtt.us conference. That's tdtt.us slash conference. I hope to see you there. Welcome to the Talent Development Hot Seat with your host, Andy Storch. The show is dedicated to helping you develop the most important part of your organization, the people. If you are in HR or talent development, or you just want to learn how to get the best out of your people, then you are in the right place. Each week, Andy shares interviews with talent development professionals, thought leaders, and experts to share best practices, learn about the latest trends, and find out what has been successful in the world of talent development. This podcast is designed to give you what you need to be successful in the world of talent development. Now, here's your host, Andy Storch. Welcome to the Talent Development Hot Seat. I am your host, Andy Storch, and I am grateful and excited that you are joining me for another fantastic interview to help you supercharge your career in talent development. And you know that I'm all about bringing you great guests, great advice, great information, great inspiring topics that can help you take your career to the next level and make a difference in your organizations. And today is no different. I'm bringing on a guest named James Hudson, who runs a learning and development community out of the UK. And James and I connected over LinkedIn, and we had a great chat on Zoom. And I realized he not only does consulting, but works with tons of other L&D professionals and has really got a great ear to what's going on in the learning and development world. And so I wanted to bring him on to share some of what he's hearing and been working on and to talk specifically about how to help companies with major organizational change, which is going to be the main focus for us today. James has 20 years of learning and development experience. He's worked in and with organizations in the digital, telecommunications, automotive, and financial services sectors. He's run training across the UK, Europe, Asia, Africa, and the Middle East. He's all about creating great learning experiences and helping organizations do the same. He's also the founder and host of the L&D Mastermind Community, which has over 3,500 L&D professionals around the globe that connect, learn, and grow together on a regular basis. I was excited when I heard James was doing that because As you probably know from listening to me, if you've listened to me for a while, I also run a membership community called the Talent Development Think Tank, and we're doing similar things, yet some different things. So in this interview, you'll hear James talk about what he's built with the L&D Mastermind. And of course, you've heard me probably talk about what I'm doing in the Talent Development Think Tank community. And I'd love for you to check out both. If you work in learning and development, if you work in talent development, I'm just a big advocate of you being part of a community where you can check in with other people, you can find out what other people are doing. Uh, You can learn the latest trends. You can connect, make friendships, real connections. So check out James's L&D Mastermind. 
And of course, if you're not a member of the Talent Development Think Tank community, highly recommend you come check that out. We have some new benefits available to members at different tiers. And depending on when this is coming out, we may still have our $1 trial offer for you to try the community for the first 14 days. And you can put in the discount code to join 10% off for Talent Development Hot Seat listeners. Just put in code Hot Seat, H-O-T-S-E-A-T. All right, without further ado, let me get you to my interview with James. In this interview, we talk about the power of collaboration and social learning. We talk about the keys to building sustainable change in global organizations. We talk about James's career, and we talk about the idea of compassionate human leadership or compassionate leadership, as well as collaboration and social learning. Some really great lessons in here that I hope will be helpful and inspiring to you. And a quick note that we do have some bonus content where I ask James about his career and his successes, his failures, uh, trends he's following, books he's recommending uh, in our bonus interview that is available inside the Talent Development Think Tank community on our members-only podcast. So if you're in talent development, hopefully you'll come check that out. Either way, some great content in this interview, and I know you're going to get some value from it. So without further ado, here is my interview with James Hudson. James, welcome to the Talent Development Hot Seat. Hey, Andy. Great to be here. Great to have you on. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, you're welcome. Great to have you on. I recorded this discussion across the pond from US to UK. It was really cool when we we met or found each other. I think it was through LinkedIn, right? And realized we're yeah. both running communities and bringing people together in the learning and development world, kind of in a global way, but obviously more of your audience being UK and Europe-based and more of my audience being North America. And uh, so I figured we could do a little collaboration Right. And, and talk about what we're seeing out there in the learning and development, talent development world, what people are working on, what are the big challenges, what you're seeing, especially for organizations going through big transformations, how they're collaborating, all that stuff. Um, so I'm excited to dig into all that. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, let's start with a little bit of your background. Like, how did you get into this position where you're now running this? This big LD community. <laughs> oh, have we got how many hours have we got, Andy? We're, we're going to try to keep that, this under yeah. one. So that's that's a really long story. Um, yeah. Long story cut short. Um, I, um, I I was given an opportunity to uh, to to be seconded in as a trainer uh, when the company I was working for at the time uh, was, was changing. And, um, I, uh, a friend of mine worked in the training team at the time. He said, Hey, why don't you join the training team on this to come? If, you know, if at the very least we're going to have a good laugh uh, and have some fun. Um, so I did, I, I joined, it was a, it was a three months to and I absolutely loved it. Fell in love with training, fell in love with learning. Um, and then, and then went on the journey. So that was about two decades ago now, uh, or just over two decades ago. Um, and I think, um, I mean, this is one of the things that I, I, I would sort of stress to people who want to get into sort of learning and development, talent development is it's, it, it's, it's never a straight journey, if you right. like. Right. Um, so, you know, I, I did that. It's very stop start. I did that to comment, fell in love with it, really wanted to do more, but then went back to the uh, operational role, applied for jobs, didn't get them, kept going again, got another break to work in learning and development. Um, then again, 
got got uh, redeployed in the organization, all this kind of stuff. And it was very much this kind of journey in and out of operational roles. Um, but eventually over a, over a period of time, uh, I've done roles, uh, L&D manager at uh, you know, HSBC, uh, the world's largest bank. Uh, I've done uh, head of learning roles for, uh, for, for media companies. So been really, really fortunate to, to do lots and lots of roles within the learning and development um, sphere. And then about eight years ago, decided to set up my own business and um, touch wood, as they say, uh, everything's been going pretty well so far. We've worked with all kinds of different clients on a global uh, scale. Um, and, uh, and yeah, everything from um, some sort of Vodafone, Ikea, Google, uh, back at HSBC, all kinds of, of really, really big clients, been really, really blessed. Um, That's cool. And your business is mostly working on as an L&D consultant doing transformation type work or what, what do you do? Yeah, absolutely. We, we, we focus on transformational change. So uh, whether that organization is uh, going through maybe a merger, a takeover, HR restructures, um, could be something as simple as they're implementing a new system. But where there is a change that that organization is going through, uh, we specialize in, in helping to embed that change, I think is the easiest way of putting it, because we, 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 we know change is a constant, change is inevitable. You know, every organization goes through change uh, and progress is always being made. Uh, but it's about how we go through that change and how do we help people to um, to, 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 to embed that change. And, um, you know, my, my, what I always like to say is it's about winning hearts and minds. That's mm. the key thing. Yeah. How do you get people bought into change, wanting to change so that this yeah. change is not being enforced on them? Because when people feel that they're being forced to change, they will resist it and push back against it. Uh, how do we how do we get them on that journey? And that's what we specialize in. Uh, so we, we help organizations to do that, whether that be through learning solutions, one on one coaching, um, you know, just really getting into that organization, understanding it uh, and helping to see that change through. Yeah. Um, so that's that's what we specialize in. Well, that's cool. I, I want to ask you a couple of questions about how we can really get more impact out of change, how we can make change happen in organizations. I want to ask you one more question about your career, because you said you've been doing this for a few years now on your own. I've got a big network in talent development, learning and development. I see a lot of people doing a little bit of consulting on the side, right? And maybe dreaming about doing things on their own as a consultant, not having a boss, but knowing that that's a scary world, it's a lot of work. How did you make that decision to go off on your own full-time versus you know trying to stay employed you know, working for companies doing this type of work. Do you know, I can still remember, I'm, I'm smiling because I remember that moment. It was one of those moments where it was kind of a now or never moment. And um, I, I basically handed in my notice. And I remember returning home that weekend because at the time I was working in London and telling my wife, I handed in my notice. I've got three months to build a business and uh, hopefully this is going to work. Um, but before that, obviously, for a number of years, I've been saying to people, one day I'm going to run my own business. One day I'm going to do this. Um, I think the main moment for me where, where it kind of flipped over, Andy, was when I was talking to the managing director of a training company that we used and I was chatting away with him. He was talking about what he does and you know how they win clients and all this kind of stuff. And I just sat there for a moment and thought, hang on a minute, there's nothing you're saying there that I couldn't do. 
you know, I could consult, right. I, I can talk about, you know, I have knowledge of e-learning, I right. have knowledge of training facilitation, I know about coaching, there's nothing you're saying here that I couldn't do. And it went from this kind of running your own business, being a managing director, being in my head, this unattainable, oh my God, these are like, you know, on a pedestal, wow, you must be amazing if you, you know, are a managing yeah. director, a CEO, wow, to actually, this guy's no different to me. Right. They're, 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 we're all equal and we all have talents and we're, we're all able to do these right. things. Um, and that was a real sort of flick that switched in my head. And from that moment, after that conversation, I was like, hey, I could really do this. Mm. I could actually run my own business. I could actually get out there and do that. And, and the thing is, every single person could. You've yep. just got to believe in yourself and you've got to do the work. You know, right. find out where the gaps are, invest in yourself. Uh, and get out there. But every single one of us is capable of, you know, following our dreams, being successful, yeah. whatever it is we want to set out to do. So, yeah, that was the moment. And I still remember my wife's ashen face looking at me as if to say, oh, my God, what are you doing? You must be crazy. You're leaving a comfortable job uh, and really putting yourself out on a limb. But, you know, credit to where credit's due. She's always supported me 100 percent always been 100% behind me and you know it's paid off um so yeah, yeah. Uh, that's fantastic and I and I'm I remember that moment as well I decided I really really wanted to be an entrepreneur and and made that leap a few years ago and then last year during COVID I was uh, started the year uh, affiliated with an organization Advantage Performance Group who is the the main sponsor of our podcast here and made the decision to go out completely on my own to run the podcast and the community and all the stuff I'm building and it's a scary moment, but it's exciting. And yeah. after you learn from, and you follow enough people, you think like, Oh, they're no different from me. Like I can do this exactly what you said. And this applies to anything, right? If you're dreaming of running your own business or you're dreaming of being a chief learning officer one day or a chief people officer, a head of HR one day, like, you know, those people came up through the ranks just like you did. And you can do it if you, you know, you have the knowledge, you meet the right people, you get the right opportunities and you believe in yourself. Like you said, James, that's, yeah. a, that's such a core thing that you really believe that you can do it. Absolutely. You've got to trust in your ability to figure stuff out because that, that's all, you know, trusting your ability to figure it out. Yes, you will fall. You will make mistakes. You will trip up along the way. But as long as you keep picking yourself up and learning from it, you will figure it out and you will come back stronger and you'll come back from a position of experience. So, you know, it's uh, yeah, you just got to trust in yourself. Yeah, so anyone can do it. Growth mindset right there. I'm a big fan. You know, when you have that mindset and you're always trying to learn and try new things and I try to operate under the philosophy that there is no such thing as failure. There is only learning yeah. and growth. So when you operate with that and an abundant mindset, then you're willing to go try out anything, talk to anybody. And if it doesn't work out, that's okay. Like you learn from the experience, right? When I launched my community, I launched this podcast, I launched the community. I hosted the virtual summit last year. I'm trying all these things and, and none of them ever work out as planned, but you know, they work out and I learn a lot of lessons along the way. And when things fail, so, you know, quote unquote fail, that's okay. Those yeah. are, those are lessons we get to learn. And then we get to try again and get better. Like you said. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I sometimes think we need to get rid of that word mistake. Like you say, that word mm. failure, get it, get it out of the dictionary. It's not a mistake. It's not a failure. Yeah. It was an opportunity to learn. Yep. 
Absolutely. So. Well, uh, I could talk about this entrepreneur journey forever, <laughs> but I want to get into talking about change and transformation. I know mm. a lot of people listening, a lot of organizations are going through major change. Obviously, yeah. COVID forced a lot of change a lot upon everybody around the world in 2020, right? Probably the first ever in our lifetime, a global event that really affects everybody in every country, no matter where you work, who you are, you know, and it's really interesting seeing all that. And now as we're in mid 2021, right, we're seeing countries coming out of it, companies making different changes and figuring out their policies going forward. So as we think about making a major organizational change, what are some keys to building sustainable change, especially in a global organization? So, um, I mean, there, there, there are a number of them. Um, I think, as I say, the first one is all about winning hearts and minds. It's all about getting people bought into why we need to change. And I think that's often where organizations go wrong. They talk to people about what they want them to do, how they want them to do it, but never about the why. And unless I understand the why, I'm not going to understand the importance of doing this. Um, and so there's a really, really strong part of what we do about getting underneath that organization's surface and really understanding what's going on in that organization and understanding why and getting people bought into why they need to do this change. The other thing, I guess, really goes straight back to how people's brains work. And so we've got to understand that there's a whole threat versus reward. So when I see something as a threat, I will resist, fight or flight. So I'm either going to run away from that or I'm going to fight it. And so often when organizations try and bring around change in their, in their organization, people view it as a threat. And so when I see something as a threat, this is going to threaten my, you know, my comfort or whatever it might be, I'm going to push against it. I'm going to resist it. I'm going to fight it with everything within me. So if we can change how we're communicating that change to people that actually this is a reward, there is opportunity here, that actually people will view that change in a very, very different way. So it's getting rid of what they might feel as threatening and making it all around actually what are the benefits, what are the rewards of this change for people. And as I say, we've, we've worked with organizations on HR restructures where sort of 1,600 people were going to be made redundant. Not a nice thing to have to do. But again, it's about how that's communicated and how do we support those people who are you know, being made redundant into new positions, into seeing it as an opportunity to go and do the things that they've always dreamt of doing, rather than, oh my God, you're losing this. Actually, here's your opportunity. You've and always said you wanted to. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. So there is a, there's a huge bit around threat versus reward and making sure that we change people's mindset towards change. Um, and then there's the other huge piece around communication and being really, really clear about what that change is and what our expectations are of people and those, you know, what they need to do in order to land this change, you know, how it's going to impact on them. And getting people involved, I would say, is probably the, the fourth key that I would bring into it as well. Because the more people feel a part of a change, the more they, they, they will you know, want to do it. If you get them involved in, you know, what does it look like? We need to get here. It lets empower you to you know, come up with the ideas, come up with a plan on how we're going to get from A to B. Um, you know, it, 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 it's about getting people involved. The more involved they are, the more they will buy into it because it's their idea. They want to see it through. 
they want to make sure it's successful. So a couple of things there, as I say, that we've, we've, we've been able to do successfully with organizations. But as I say, I'm making it sound simple. And uh, I'm really fortunate. There's a team of guys that, that work with me that are, uh, you know, absolutely brilliant. And I'm really fortunate to work with a very talented team. Yeah. Well, I mean, those are, yeah, you make it sound simple, but we, we know these are big things and they take big numbers, but it starts with winning those hearts and minds, right? Getting people yeah. on board. There's a lot that goes into alignment and have, making sure people understand and they're excited about it. You know, I used to work at BTS, the, the strategy implementation firm. I used to run a lot of business simulations. We would say that strategy execution comes down to alignment and mindset and execution, right? And so that mindset, that alignment is, uh, do they understand the strategy? Do they understand what we're doing, right? Yeah. The mindset, sorry, it's alignment, mindset, and capabilities. The alignment is, do they understand the strategy? The mindset, is they actually excited about it? Are they bought into it? And then do they have the capabilities to go out and make that change? But if you don't get them aligned, they don't understand it, then it's not going to work, right? You can't, and, but most leaders think that they're going to stand up in front of a town hall room and say, this is what we're doing, go do it. And then everybody's just going to like march out there and be like, okay, yeah, I heard what James said. Let's go do that. But it, it almost never works, right? They have to really be bought in. That never works, as I say. And, and like you say, so many people do do that because we focus on the what and the how. And we think because we've communicated a what and a how, we've communicated to people. Mm. But people, a lot of leaders forget communication is a two-way thing. So you can communicate your message, but unless I've understood that message and know what that message means to me and want to go and do my part of whatever that message is, you haven't communicated that message at all. So, you know, it, it, it's about understanding that dynamic that just because I said it, just because I put it in an email doesn't right. mean that I've communicated it. Communication right. is much more nuanced than just sort of saying something yeah. or, or putting it in an email. It's like I try to teach my kids that if, if someone doesn't understand you, that's on you, not on them, right? It's your responsibility to communicate in a way that people can understand you. 100%. So if you're communicating a major strategy or change, it may not just be a town hall and or an email. It might be actually running some type of experiential learning program or having people like get involved or experience it for themselves. Because we know that, and I heard this from a friend a long time ago, that people will tolerate what they hear from their leaders, but they take action on what they experience for themselves or what they really feel for themselves, right? Getting that why, or they're like, oh, I see why we need to do this. Now I totally get it. Like, let's move forward. And you also mentioned the importance of having rewards in place. So there's, there's some type of reward for them to do it. Like that's, that goes back to the why again. Like, why am I, you're telling me to do this. Why am I doing it? Why should I care? Right. And when people have purpose behind it, they have a why they're a lot more likely to do it. And then when they feel like they're involved, they're part of it, helping to come up with a solution, they're going to be a lot more motivated as well. Yeah. 100%, 100%. I like it. So we're getting people involved in, in making these major changes and this comes down a lot of times to leadership, right? How are leaders operating? How are leaders interacting with people? Uh, I know you like to talk about something called compassionate leadership, which I'm sure feeds into this as well. What does that mean and why is that important? Yeah, so compassionate leadership is something that I believe very, very strongly in. And it's about human leadership. You know, it's about uh, leaders that care, you know, and, and genuinely care and are authentic uh, about that care. Um, and I think, you know, what, one of the things that this pandemic has shown us uh, over the last year, 
are that there are some companies out there that are genuinely compassionate companies. You know, I hear stories, um, you know, of, uh, of, of companies that have given people time off to, to help because of, uh, you know, someone's, someone's caught uh, the virus or, you know, have given people pay when actually it should have been sick pay uh, because they wanted them to, you know, feel, feel safe and secure. Um, and not worry about their finances, but get better. So there are some compassionate companies out there. There are also some companies that have actually used this as an excuse to do some pretty awful things. And I, I genuinely believe that those companies that are compassionate are the ones that win out in the end. You know, and, and, and it comes back to having leaders that genuinely care about their people. Mm -hmm. And from an employee point of view, if I feel like I'm genuinely cared about by my company, then I will genuinely care about that company. And I will genuinely care about that company's customers and right. want to do the best that I can to serve those, that company and serve those customers. So it is a win-win. Um, compassionate leadership is absolutely about, yeah, helping people uh, and, and serving others. So, so, yeah, it's something that I'm very, very passionate about it's it's it, it's as i say it really comes back to being human and and just genuinely caring about the people who work for you have, um, you, seen, have you seen organizations and executives that have made that change during the pandemic that were a little bit more you know about the numbers and then became more human people focused and, and compassionate during the the COVID 19 crisis i would say i've certainly seen some of our clients that we work with because again, I get to, to speak to people within those organizations on a day-by-day -day basis, get to know people over time. I've certainly seen them become more compassionate and more, more human. And I think that's one of the great things of actually about this pandemic is mm. we've seen people at home. You know, I, I've been on, I've been on uh, Zoom calls with people and their kids have walked in or their yeah. cats walked across the screen or, right. or whatever. And suddenly this person goes from being this, you know, leader, head of HR, you know, that kind of thing to, hey, they're just a person just, just like, like me. me. That's right. Yeah. Um, so it's really, really brought out the human side of people. And, and as I say, I, I think compassionate leader is being human, is treating people in a human way with humanity yeah. you know um, i'm a massive believer that nobody comes to work to do a bad job people mm. don't wake up in the morning and say i want to be really rubbish at my job right. now do people do bad jobs yeah. absolutely yeah. you know hey you and i probably wouldn't have a job if people didn't do bad jobs that's right um, you know if people didn't need training we wouldn't have a job but they don't wake up with the intention of doing a bad job right and so when what I mean by compassionate leader is recognizing that actually this person is not, you know, performing badly on purpose intentionally. It's all about understanding them, yeah, empathizing the with them, yeah. one, un, understanding the factors that are causing them to not perform at the, the level yeah. that is expected of them. Um, and it's only by understanding that, that we can then put things in place to help them to get better, whether that yeah. be training, you know, uh, coaching, um, or whether, you know, there are all kinds of reasons they're in the wrong job, you know, and we need to support them into yeah. getting it. Just showing some empathy and giving them some space or having that conversation. For over three years now, the Talent Development Hot Seat Podcast has been proudly sponsored by Advantage Performance Group. Advantage Performance Group provides creative learning and consulting solutions that equip individuals, teams, and organizations to be the best at what they do. 
Advantage helps leaders lead, sellers sell, and businesses flourish, and you to be more successful at your job. The Advantage website has great free resources, including this podcast and an amazing webinar series that include topics such as innovation, future storming, inclusion, sales, leadership, and so much more. To get access to all of our free resources, as well as overviews of the solutions that Advantage offers, just head on over to AdvantagePerformance.com. That's AdvantagePerformance.com. And it's the same, I've talked about this many times, right? It's the same for managers as well, right? No, no manager, there's a lot of bad managers out there, dictators, tyrants, you know, micromanagers, but nobody comes to work saying, I'm going to be a bad manager today. I'm going to be a tyrant. I'm going to be a diminisher and treat my people like crap. It just happens because they don't have the right training or tools, you know, or they don't realize how their stuff is coming across and they're trying to get things done Absolutely. just like anybody else. Right. And it, it takes that awareness, that learning, maybe communication, some compassion, like you said, to start to have those conversations and maybe help people uh, turn things around yeah, and improve. hundred percent. So when we, we're talking about making major organizational change and you've got global organizations, we know we need teamwork, we need collaboration, probably gonna be a lot of learning involved and people are not in the same office anymore for a lot yeah. of the time, right? Not in the same you know, conference room. I know you are a big fan of collaboration and social learning. You know, how does that factor into this as well? Yeah, I think um, you know what one of the one of the big downsides of everyone working from home is we've lost the uh, what you guys in America like to call the water cooler chats. Well, what we in, in England right. like to call the coffee machine chats. Um, but, okay. but you know, when you stood next to the coffee machine, the water cooler, and you know, you, you're kind yeah. of just having those conversations about what's happening at work, mm. or you know. I've got this customer. I'm really struggling to get this right for them. What do you? What do I need to do? Um, and, and so, yeah, one of the key things for me is creating opportunities to sort of do that um, in this this you know post COVID world that we're heading into now, where so many people are going to be hybrid working, not being in the office all the time, working from home. Um, and so, I think social learning is a is a key one for that. Uh, and thankfully, there's so many tools out there where people, you know, can use, you know, uh, sort of Yammer, these these sort of uh, social platforms to to sort of learn from each other, pose questions, get answers. But also, you know, it's encouraging it within your organization because, you know, th those those water cooler chats are really important. Learning from one another is is, is really, really important and sharing, you know, knowledge amongst the team. So you're saying we've got to we've got to find ways to keep those conversations going. So people, social learning is people learning from each other. It's not necessarily happening in the office. So we need some tools. What, what are some other tools? You mentioned Yammer, which is owned by Microsoft. What are some other tools that you see organizations using to enable this? I'm I'm sure Slack yeah, is one of yeah, them as well. Just recently acquired yeah, by Salesforce. There's Slack. There's um, you know I've even seen clients use things like WhatsApp groups. Um, you know Messenger, Teams. I think Google have a whole selection of, of, of different collaboration tools. Um, that there's so many out there. Um, Trello is another one I've seen, seen companies use. Um, mm. But these kind of platforms where it just enables people to collaborate uh, on an organizational sort of uh, scale. But, but also, I, I think, you know, like, like I say, it's, it's, that, it's that knowing that I can go on to a platform and ask a question. 
and get get responses from my colleagues um, in that in that moment mm-hmm. when I'm with a customer or or I need that information. Um, so that that's the sort of social learning side of it. I think from an L and D perspective, it's about us understanding that and and making sure that we have resources and learning uh, solutions that are there in that moment for those learners, whether that be sort of micro learning video clips that they can pick up on, all that kind of stuff. Uh, there's a whole host of stuff that we can do from an L&D perspective. Um, and from the wider sort of scale, it's collaborations. And um, again, I know, you know, you're doing tremendous work over there with the talent development think tank, uh, you know, bringing talent development, learning and development people together to yeah. collaborate, um, you know, outside of work, to share ideas, to work together. Um, you know, I'm doing the same over here with the L&D Mastermind. It's about bringing L&D professionals together um, because a problem shared is a problem halved, as they say. Um, two, two heads are yeah. better than one. There's mm. so many cliches we could throw yeah. at it, but it's so true. Right. It's so true. The more we yeah. share um, ideas, the more we share experiences, the more we get different perspectives and different opinions, the better we will be as learning and development professionals. So, you know, the more we collaborate, the better we become. I'm such a fan of that, of community and collaboration. I think we as humans are social creatures. We need that. We, we are built to be living with other people, working with other people. And, you know, unfortunately, the COVID pandemic has isolated a lot of people. And, you know, if you're working on a small team, now you're not even with that small team. That's why I think it's so important to join a community like the Think Tank or the L&D Mastermind or, or whatever community you find that is interesting to you. It could be a gardening club, you know, whatever it is, like join a community where you can collaborate and learn from other people, but, you know, hopefully one in your profession as well. You mentioned, you know, how things are changing and the virtual world and hybrid work. What do you expect as we enter? We're recording this in May, 2021. We're hearing about, you know, a lot of in the UK and the US at least, mask mandates are being removed, people are being more active, companies are really starting to think hard about what their policies are going to be around return to work and the hybrid workplace. You know, what are you seeing? What do you expect as we enter this hybrid work environment? Yeah, I, I, certainly what I'm seeing from our, from our clients anyhow is that there will be less office work Definitely. Every single one of the clients that we work with has said to us, you know, we will not be coming back into the office. We will not mandate office work full time. Uh, You know, some people might prefer to work from the office and there will be a desk for them. You know, if they want to come in five days a week, but it will not be mandated. So, you know, most of them are working on a, you know, come in one day a week, come in two days a week, uh, come in for your meetings and then go work from home. Uh, I'm seeing all kinds of different variations of it, but I definitely think this sort of remote working is here to stay um you know unless your job requires you to be you know in 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 the workplace uh, most companies are saying hey just just work where you can um which is which is fantastic absolutely fantastic and I, you know i think the, the interesting thing for me andy is that this technology is not new you know it's been around for about a decade you know and if you think um you know, I, I set up my business eight years ago. I've been working from home for, for, for eight years. Um, so the ability to do this has been around for a very, very long time. What has stopped companies previously doing this has always been trust. So if I get people to work from home, will they actually do the work? Can I trust them to get the job done? And what this pandemic has definitely shown us is, yes, you can. And if you trust people, you're rewarded with you know 
you know, you will be rewarded. You know, I always say to people when I do leadership training, treat people with respect and they will respect, respect you in return. When you treat people as children, they're going to behave like children. Um, so, you know, treat people with respect and they'll do it. So um, I think, you know, this, this pandemic has definitely proven that people will work from home. Um, I think the challenge then for us as, as talent development L&D professionals is going to be, um, you know, how do we reach those people? Virtual training is going to be here to stay. I can't see it going anywhere. Yeah. That was be my, my next question was to be, how do we create great learning experiences that are valuable for everyone? Like what's the future of learning? Yeah, so, so definitely virtual training is here to stay. I think, um, you know, I, I, more and more training is going to be in bite-sized chunks. So, you know, we, we already know in virtual learning world, um, you know, people cannot sustain the concentration to sit on a virtual training course for six hours. It's just impossible. It, it doesn't stay in. So, you know, bringing those sort of learning sessions down to sort of an hour, an hour and a half, little, little short learning sessions over Zoom, um, but also micro learning. So two to three minute videos, maybe. Um, where, where people can learn things and, and they those videos are easily accessible to them in the moment when they're with a customer or whatever and they really need an answer really quickly um i think much more social learning one of our clients recently um created a video library where they actually just asked their staff to you know when you have a call with a customer and you learn something from that call or you put into practice this uh, model that we've shown you to use we just want you to record a short little 90 second video talking to your colleagues about what you did um you know how you did it and what was the success of it and i, I remember when we, we were first talking to this client about this they were like no nah, it's, it's never going to work our people aren't going to buy into this but now they have a library of videos created by the actual people who were doing the job themselves, talking about using the new system, talking to customers, using models that they've been taught. And that's far more value than any trainer or facilitator standing there and trying to tell people how to do this. Your colleagues who, you know, your peers are there explaining to you how to do it on a short little video that you can watch. So I see a lot more of that kind of stuff happening as well. And yeah, much more, much more collaboration, much, much more collaboration, definitely. I, you know, again, um, you know, if I, if I think about the L&D Mastermind, we have doubled our number of members in the last year, uh, which just shows that because of the pandemic, people want to be a part of a community. They, they want to be, uh, collaborate with others. Um, and so that's yeah. going to be, you know, a huge part of learning moving forwards, communities of practice. Well, let's, let's talk about the L&D. Let's finish by talking about the L&D mastermind, because mm. I was, I love what you've created with that. So just tell me, you know, how did that get started? And what do people, what does that look like? What do people get if they join? Yeah. So, um, so yeah, around about three years ago, I just suddenly came to me you know, I've worked in L&D for, as I say, two decades. And often when I'm working, my head is down and I don't really speak to other people. I just want to get this project. I want to get it over the line. And I suddenly thought, hey, 
what if I was talking to other people about this project and getting their ideas and their perspectives and equally they were talking to me and I was giving them ideas and, you know, talking from my experience with them. Wouldn't it be great if we could get L&D people together in a room and just talk about things? Um, and so I just put the word out on LinkedIn and said, hey, I'm in Manchester. If anyone fancies meeting up, I, you know, let's talk all things L&D. Five people showed up that day and we now have 3,800 uh, around the globe in our community so it's just snowballed and snowballed and snowballed more and more people have wanted to be a part of it um, so how do you get involved well there is a Facebook group um, so that's completely free we have a Facebook group that's completely free um, and we have a LinkedIn group that's completely free uh, we run events every single uh, month so we run about five different events with different guest speakers um, and q and a's and discussions and networking all of those events are uh, available to our subscribed members so we do a membership subscription called connect if you want to access those events it's an exclusive content uh, then that's for our paying members um, but one of the things that i'm most proud of andy is in a couple of weeks time we will be launching our very own app um, so my hope is that we get all those guys from Facebook, from LinkedIn onto our own free app. Uh, on that app, there's going to be a, um, a jobs board. So, you know, if, you've, if you're recruiting for L&D talent, you can post your jobs on the L&D Mastermind app. Uh, there's going to be a supplier directory where you know L&D suppliers can get uh, their name out and their branding in front of uh, our community. Um, and there's going to be the social network so people can connect with each other, uh, comment, post, like each other's posts, all that kind of jazz. Um, and also, as I say, there will be the paying uh, community in there as well. So if you want to come along to our events or anything like that, uh, you just sign up for a subscription alongside that. Fantastic. I, I love what you're doing there and bringing people together. There's a lot of room for that. Uh, so James, for anybody interested in connecting with you, finding out more about the L&D Mastermind, uh, where should they go to sign up or, or get more information? Yeah, absolutely. So the uh, the website is www. should I say rather, three W's in there, um, ldmastermind.com www.ldmastermind.com or feel free to uh, look me up on LinkedIn. Uh, so it's James Y. Hudson. Um, and uh, I don't think there's many, many others with a, with a Y yeah. as their middle name. Yeah. So uh, you should find me using that one. Um, but yeah, ha have a look for us. Uh, L&D Mastermind. That's great. I, I like it. I hope people will check it out. And you know, it's interesting, we were talking to bring it back to the very beginning about starting a business and having a growth mindset. I'm a big fan of having an abundant mindset as well. And uh, like you and I talked about, I mean, we are essentially, I guess, competitors, right? We're running similar organizations, but I'm very happy to support and promote you. And, and I know you feel the same way. And I hope people Absolutely. will check out both, you know, the L&D Mastermind and the Talent Development Think Tank and and join both or, or pick the one that really speaks most to you, but, or find someone else, but find a community that you can be part of where you can check in with people, find out what they're working on, ask questions, get your questions answered, hear from experts. That's where, what we're all about. And so glad you're doing that over there in the UK. And of course, we got the think tank here in the US. James, this has been fantastic. We'll put the links in the show notes for people to reach out to you. Thanks so much for coming on and sharing with us and uh, hang on because we've got a bonus round for our think tank members. So thanks so much mm. for coming on. Brilliant. No problem at all, Andy. 
All right. I hope you enjoyed that interview with James Hudson. You know, he works with a lot of organizations to help with organizational change, learning and development, creating experiential learning or great learning programs. And so hopefully you found some inspiration there. You took some notes you can take action on. And of course, if you want to reach out to James, if you want to check out his learning and development mastermind, just go to ldmastermind.com. And I have some bonus content that I recorded with James. I asked him some questions about his biggest career success, his biggest mistakes or failures, the trends he's following, the challenges in talent development, a couple book recommendations, and his career advice. And that's all available in our bonus round interview, which is available on the Talent Development Think Tank Community Podcast, which we launched recently as an added benefit for members inside the Talent Development Think Tank Community. If you are in talent development, you work in talent development, and you have not yet come and check out our community, come check it out. The reason why I talk about it and I'm so passionate about it is because I see it helping so many people. I see the connections being made, people learning, coming together, sharing information, sharing challenges, answering questions. It's just phenomenal for me to see. I'm a a bridge builder. I'm a community builder, and I love bringing people together for that. We are humans. We are social creatures. We absolutely need to connect and learn from each other. So if you haven't joined yet, head on over to tdtt.us. That's tdtt.us. Come check out the information of our community. You can book a call with me right on the website there if you have questions. Oh, and you can join. I believe when this publishes, we still have our $1 offer for the first 14 days. You can join two calls. You can get in our Slack group, see what's going on, see if it's something you want to stick with. And if so, then stay with us and start joining our live calls on a regular basis to connect with others in talent development. It really is a phenomenal experience. I think we'll probably get James to come speak in our community soon. All right. Thank you again for listening and I will see you next time. Thanks again for listening to the Talent Development Hot Seat. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to leave us a rating and review on iTunes to help other people find the show. And as always, you can find all of our episodes and tons of free resources on our website, talentdevelopmenthotseat.com. Thank you again. Take care.